Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pitch Life Podcast. We're happy to have you here today for what is going to be our penultimate episode for 2023. Today we're going to talk about one of the biggest clubs in England. Uh, in the past, they've been a mainstay in title races, Champions League races, but recent turmoil over the past two seasons uh, has really, you know, taken some of the shine off the club. Today, they're firmly mid-table. I'm talking about one club in blue that's leaving all of its fans feeling blue. I worked really hard on that joke, so if you are listening, please do laugh. Uh, it's going to make me feel bad if you don't. And let's move on. I'm talking about Chelsea. Joining me today, as always, a resident Chelsea expert. Someone who has looked really happy uh, when we've been recording past episodes. Today, he doesn't look as happy as he usually does. Mir, Chelsea, how do you feel? I think uh, your your joke uh, did cheer me up. As as bad as it was, it probably be, won't be as bad as what we're going to talk about now. So clearly a high point of the episode has now passed and uh, I everything's downhill from here. Now, it's all downhill from here. That could be that could be Chelsea's new club motto. You know, it's all downhill from here. Certainly could be. I mean, normally this would be a 60 to 90 minute episode with me rambling on. But uh, there's not a lot to say, right, uh, of, of uh, what you call the firmly mid-table club going nowhere, up or down. Absolutely. Now, quick, quick recap, okay? Abramovich got into trouble with all of the Russia-Ukraine stuff, forced to sell the club. Todd Bowley comes in, doesn't know anything about football, buys enough players to fill the starting 11 of three different clubs, right? Gets rid of a Champions League winning manager, replaces him with a young, aspiring English manager. Uh, that manager could not work his magic. I hope you get the pun there. Mm -hmm. um, there and moved on to uh, the latest manager, Pochettino. A lot of expectations, you know, as, as high as it can be for a mid-table club. But somehow it still feels like they're not even meeting those. Would you, would you say that I'm right in saying that or do you think I'm being unnecessarily harsh right now? I think it's fair to a degree. I think um, I, I will say that form has vastly improved over the last four or five weeks compared to the beginning of the season. But it's sadly a, a situation of two steps forward, one step back, right? And every time we, it's the hope that kills us. You know, the, the, the two game weeks in between where we're absolutely high flying and then we get absolutely thrashed uh, uh, come come the third third week. Um, injuries and um, incredibly silly red cards haven't helped our cause. J uh, Reese James got a red. Uh, Gallagher got a very uh, you know silly red card to get sent off. Um, you know we've had a host of injuries, so I I'm not making excuses here. But it, yeah, overall I think it's been one clusterfuck of of two months leading up to December. I think. I'm 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 really you know at a loss for words right now because I'm trying to think of a word better than clusterfuck to describe the way Chelsea season is going and I am just absolutely drawing a blank. There you go. That's yeah. uh, that's why it is what it is. It is. That's that's. It's really apt. Okay. It's like you said. Or the club started the season poorly. You know, pretty average. Uh, first few games were either draws or losses. 
the wind slowly started to come in where, you know, I think that was the point where people sort of believe that, okay, like, you know, like the Poch way or I don't know, in today's world, what is it called? Pochettino ball? I don't even know. Honestly, I don't even care. But that slowly started to click and everyone was like, okay, Chelsea are now going to get going. And I think that peaked with, uh, what was it, the 4-1 win against Spurs? Yeah, uh, 4-1 against Spurs, uh, ironically. And that's where we thought, you know, this is this is the real Chelsea coming out. Um, and and r- r- just refresh my memory on this. That was the 4-1 win against a nine-man Spurs? Yeah, it was nine-man Spurs. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they started with 11, so that's not our fault. Uh, but yes, they they did end with nine and perhaps we should have scored way more in that game i mean i'm sure if if it wasn't a team like chelsea you know a team in the proper top six would have gone seven eight one that game uh it's how stupid spurs were right from the start of the game making reckless challenges we should have really taken advantage and this is this is kind of part of the problem uh that that we'll no doubt chat about uh over this episode but yeah, 4-1 was a false dawn, I think. I was I was pretty skeptical. I I knew the fact that the fact that we didn't get at least 6 in that game made me a bit fearful of how we would do 11 on 11 in a in a in a normal game. But then we had City uh a couple of weeks after that and 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 we kind of went 4-4 toe to toe with them, really uh, open freakish game where we banged in four goals against probably the best team in Europe, best team in the world, best club team in the world at the moment. So um, that, again, gave me a false sense of security, which uh, which was swiftly taken away the week after uh, with, a, with a 4-1 loss to Newcastle, where we were absolutely dismal. I mean, I know it's Newcastle. I know they are this nouveau superpower in European football, but we were absolute shit that day. And, um, you know... Fast forward to um, current day, we've um, recently played United and we lost 2-1, uh, one of the most abysmal performances of the season in in, in my memory, uh, you know, heads, heads should definitely roll for that one, and then we ended up uh, following that up with a 2-0 loss to Everton, um, Everton who are, as we know, as we've widely discussed, uh, relegation threatened, 10 point deduction and everything, and, and, and uh, you know, a uh, a team that was that was assembled using 350 million pounds couldn't um, beat an Everton side uh, struggling to stay in the Premier League. Um, so forget about the silk, the skill, the jazz, whatever you want to call it. This these two wins in particular, you know, should have been about heart and tenacity and grinding out a result. But um, frankly. Uh, we're not a team that can do that at the moment. And, and um, you know, there are results that have gone our way, but largely, largely, I think we have been poor. Yeah, I mean, that, that bit's obvious. You guys are sitting 12th, right? Like, that's, that's, not, that's not like a revelation. What really does surprise me about Chelsea, though, is they've had games where they look really good. Like, it, it, even for me as like a Liverpool supporter, when I watch them on the off chance that I watch them, you look at the 4-1 win against Burnley, you look at the 4-1 win against Spurs, and like you said, yes, it's, you know, they started out as 11 players, they still did end the game as 9 players. It felt like, okay, you know, these are players who are finally clicking, who are, you know, sort of buying into the tactics and the style of play that the manager is trying to put in. But it, as a neutral or rival supporter, however you want to look at it, it makes me feel like, okay, this is a club that 
is now going to kick off from here. Every single time it feels like a false down, like you said. And that's that's gotta be that's gotta be worse than just, you know, flat out losing. It's it's frustrating. Uh however, I'd say this is a very young group of players, um, and intentionally picked and played by Pochettino because he is he's known for that type of uh, he's he's known for that type of team, uh, having a majority of young players in the team who then become natural leaders, uh, and we do have a fair few of them. I think um, that your point around clicking as a team, I think that has happened. It's just maybe tactically, this has been something that. Um, that needs to be addressed over over Christmas. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a Spurs fan, and he was... That's unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. It is. It is for everyone involved. Um, he was saying that... Uh, and he made a very good point, actually, which, which has now come true, which is um, Poch will give you everything going forward. Poch will... Poch gave Spurs everything in terms of attacking ability. He even got them to a Champions League final, right? But... Through all of his times at Spurs, PSG, wherever, his away record has been abysmal. And I, if you look at Chelsea's away record right now, we are we're doing nothing to rectify that. We so I can't pinpoint what what it is exactly, but he just seems to alter, you know, small things with the team, with the setup, with the formation, with the way we go forward when we're away from home. That it it just completely backfires and we end up losing worse than we than we should be um so i i really can't explain it we're we're still in the top 5 if i checked uh, when i last checked for expected goals for and we're in the top 3 for expected goals against ie we're very likely to score and we're very less likely to concede and yet we're in 12th place so something Something there doesn't add up. I'm I'm glad you brought up Pochettino and his away record and stuff like that. Uh, also took us through that little journey of this conversation with this Spurs friend of yours. But I just wanted to, you know, sort of lean in on that because I did have a few questions about Pochettino. Pochettino hasn't been at the club all that long, right? Like he came in uh, the summer, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, had a preseason, yep. a full preseason with the club. Uh the same summer, he saw his, uh, you know, squad again add a bunch of uh, new players. I don't know how much of that was uh, being done with his input because we've seen before that Todd Bowley just sort of goes and buys who he wants. So I don't know if that was the case even once uh, Poch walked into uh, Cobham. All of those things aside, like today when you watch Chelsea play, are we really seeing a defined style of play? Because of the few games that I've seen, it really seems like all across the board. There are games where you look at them and go, oh, wow, okay, they know what they're doing. And then like literally the next week, it's like, oh, wow, they don't know what they're doing. Poch, as a manager, I feel has got more control over this over-bloated squad than any of the other two, right? So I'm referring to Lampard and Potter here. Um, they've all had in excess of 30 players to deal with. Poch, even worse than the two, because we signed a couple of players this window as well. So um, he's had the biggest lot of players to deal with, and I think he's managed it better than the than the other two, certainly better than Graham Potter. Um, having said that, I think this Pochettino 2.0, as a lot of people are calling it, 1.0 being the one at Spurs, um, he's changed the shape of his usual team slightly. Now, 
part of it might be down to the fact that we've got like 100,000 players at the club now. Um, so he really has to make sure he's got reinforcements. But typically, I think at Spurs and at PSG, he played a 3-4-3. A very, you know, uh, we're very accustomed to seeing this uh, formation in the Premier League now. Um, and uh, but but he would probably leave a lot of gaps within the defense, and it, and a lot of teams would target this. So, you know, a, a hallmark of Pochettino Spurs teams was to go really exciting going forward, but then would leak a lot of goals. Right? What he's done here, I think he's made Chelsea into a kind of a languid, like a very fluid four-three-three. Uh, where the fullbacks go forward, but then the three in defense really tuck in um, tightly and therefore has made sure that we we don't leak as many goals as his previous teams. And hence, you know, the stat I told you earlier, we are the sort of the third least likely team to concede, on paper at least, right? And, and, and you can see it to some degree. It's just schoolboy errors, the youth the exuberance of youth that's 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 really not being matched up as well as the formation right um so so then this is this is because of like issues like issues because of the players not not because like the players aren't capable but they sort of need to mature a bit more i would think so i would think so i think i think um you can you can also see that aspect from some of the stats, right? So I was I was looking up some of Chelsea's worst statistics this season, which is which is a plenty, right? So um, not not really difficult to find. But we've missed eleven big chances this season. We are tied in first place with Sean Dyche's Everton, right? No other team has missed eleven chances, big chances. That's us, right? Again, front line other than Raheem Sterling, there's no one really who has the composure. To finish up front, right? Um, shooting accuracy. This was the one that got me. Twenty-five percent shooting accuracy, um, which is the eighteenth best in the league. I mean, we are twelfth in the table, but we're eighteenth best on actually shooting on goal, which is which was absolutely surprising to me, and 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 uh, also at the same time quite obvious because um, I don't think I, I. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just don't think I've ever heard anyone ever say the phrase 18th best yeah i mean <laughs> dude you're just 18th I 18th best is like putting some whipped cream and cherry on a pile of poop well i could have said third from the bottom but you know i i went i went for the for the more um for the more yeah for the kinder kinder statement there yeah. 18th best well that's what <laughs> sheffield united will have to you know exactly uh, say that they were they were 20th best in the premier league last season when yeah. they're going to get relegated so yeah, uh, it's uh, it's not looking good. And, and shooting accuracy again, um, you you know it, and I know it, and you might have guessed it already. I mean, it's 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 pretty obvious that we have no potent threat up front. Um, Armando Broya has been not been good enough for me. I think he's young. He still has to develop. He'll probably get sent out on loan next season, um, and and probably come back a better player if he if he does end up coming back. The whole Nicholas Jackson experiment, I don't think it's really worked out. Um, signing a 30 million striker from Villarreal, who played most of his time on the wing and probably scored 90% of his goals in the last 10 games of the season. Yeah, only Bowley can buy a player like that. So he's clearly not worked out. Bowley scouting is just top-notch. It is. Oh, wow. I mean, I could I could join his team at some point, you know. Um, I mean, if you're going to use stats like 18th best, I think I think <laughs> I think you could lead the scouting department. Absolutely. Um, 
And yeah, so uh, stats like ju- that just reinforce how poor we've been in terms of killing games off. I mean, you talked about Liverpool and leaving it too late. And, you know, we were we were talking a, a, a couple of episodes ago about um, how they've left things, uh, you know, for a, for a very late comeback. But um, Chelsea haven't even done that. We've 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 got the shots in. We just haven't been able to convert them. And therefore and then and then obviously so for some some reason or the other, get hit on the counter and and concede right um yeah i mean christopher and kunku this was the other um you know pretty alarming and obvious fact i think he he was injured in the last game of preseason he still hasn't yeah. made his debut for chelsea by the way yeah. um and, he and all of this after being signed in january exactly this year. exactly yeah. he was pre-signed from leipzig yeah and he was supposed to be this beating heart of our attack and uh, clearly, he hasn't played a game, and uh, you can clearly see what how it's impacted us. So I'm hearing good things, and I'm hearing bad things, right? So like, if if you had to pick one positive and one negative from the whole uh, Pochettino journey so far, what what would that be? The positive being there are a lot of young leaders, young leaders who've had to step up, right? Not necessarily put in a position where they have to really drive this team forward. Uh, the names that come to mind are people like Conor Gallagher, uh, people like Cole Palmer, uh, like Levy Corwell, uh, players who the Premier League didn't know before this season, right? Uh, or not or not well, at least. And they've, they've become these beacons of light in the team that are driving them forward. In the absence of a Ben Chilwell, in the absence of a Reese James who are injured, um, who would generally Always, be, yeah. you know, our our leadership group? Enzo Fernandez is another name that I can easily bring up. I mean, his 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 creativity in midfield has been has been nothing short of brilliant. Um, and and I guess you know uh, uh, one of the main positives this season more than last is Raheem Sterling. Um, chalk and cheese, that man. I mean, he 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 literally was a shadow of the player we saw at Manchester City last season but has really stepped up to be the elder statesman, the more experienced kind of campaigner in the team. And pr- probably down to the fact that he's now, <laughs> Poch is now consistently playing him in a single position. Um, yeah. Graham Potter almost played him at, f- well, not almost, he did play him at fullback for about three games uh, uh, when he was in charge. So that's how drastic his career at Chelsea has been. So now that he's on the left, which is his preferred position, cutting in and and sort of getting a shot away, or uh, you know providing that width on the right with uh, with with Reece James, you know the cutting thrust on that wing. Um, he he has a you know he's he's being played as a winger because he is a winger, and 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 therefore we're we're seeing a lot better output from him this season. So I I would say overall a lot of positives, a lot of positives. I could go on about this, you know, Cole Palmer. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm going to interrupt you right now and say, you know, <laughs> one negative. How about how about we move on to that because I feel those will be brief. Those hopefully. Well, yeah, I think um one negative for me I think is um, and only one negative, right? <laughs> if I had to pick just one. Yes, you have to. It's not an <laughs> if, you have to. Well, you know how I do with choices and and and, and picking one. You know I love to do four. Um, okay, I'll pick. I'll pick one. So the the worst sort of situation where you know on on Chelsea's hands this season has been Reese James for me, 
Uh, and normally I, w I, I, I would never, you know, talk about Reese James in a negative light because he is literally our captain. He's He's been our best player last season along with Thiago Silva. But there is something about that man's hamstrings that we that the Chelsea doctors just cannot figure out. I mean, he plays three games. He is absolutely man of the match and then is out for the next 17. Um the stop start in the team for such an experienced player, such a such a vital position Important, as well, yeah. right? Because uh, a lot of Pochettino's uh, attacks going forward rely on the fullbacks. And uh, speaking of which, you know, so so maybe 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 the negative here to summarize it would be the fullbacks. Both Ben Chilwell and Reese James have been out for majority of the season, and that is really hurting us. Yeah, incredibly injury prone. Because I was looking up Reese James's like stats. And this season, so far, we're, what, 16, 17 games into the season? And at least at the time of recording, he's made just eight appearances, three of which have been substitute appearances. That's not, that's not great at all. And it's, it's sort of a trend, right? Because if you look at last season, across the entire Premier League, 16 appearances, that's like, less than half the season yeah and just by the way uh earlier this month he was taken off for a hamstring injury surprise surprise against everton when we lost that game 2-0 yeah. and yeah he's um yeah he's again the man out of just the team runs yeah the man just runs down the flank and then runs straight to the treatment room <laughs> that's just that's just his career so far okay moving on from pochettino we discussed some of the results that were there earlier it's. I just want to cheer you up, right? A little bit. Which win from the season so far has been your favorite? I wouldn't say it's a win. I'd say the 4-4 draw against Man City for me. More uh, than the 4-1 win against Spurs? Oh, absolutely. I think the 4-1 was a farce, to be honest, because uh, like I said earlier, we should have won a lot more with, with nine men on the field for Spurs. But City, toe-to-toe, -to -toe, 11 against 11, we got a couple of bad decisions as well. We missed a couple of clear chances and we still ended up 4-4. I think I think that was the day I really felt the hope and the kind of the crest coming uh, after which I was disappointed again. But, uh, but that's, yeah, that was the peak. Okay. Keeping up with this trend of having to pick uh, favorites, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions right now. Go sort on. of like rapid fire. And I say rapid fire because I want only one choice, not more than that. Just stressing on that fact again. I, I I will give you an answer. I can't promise how many it'll be. I just want one. We'll promise try. me it'll be just one. We'll try. We'll try. Okay. okay. Now, the club has signed a lot of new players. Right? A lot. Mm -hmm. I want you to pick like the biggest hit and the oh, biggest flop on. so far. Oh, you and look, I'm not going to lie. The, the reason I'm making you do this is because I was... To, I couldn't be bothered to look at the signings that Chelsea have made. I mean, I went on to uh, like Transfer Market, like the website, and I went, navigated all the way to Chelsea's page, and I just saw so many new players come in. I couldn't be bothered to scroll and look at the players that they've signed. So I'm going to give you a bit of leeway here and say that it's not just, you know, like this summer, the players that you've signed. It's from the start of the Bowley era because it seems like they've signed a new starting 11 every transfer window. So... Pick your favorite and pick your least favorite so far. So you don't want me to pick someone who's already been in the team, right? You want a Bowley signing is what you're saying. Yes, yes. 
Okay. Okay. Well, this is this is going to be even harder then. Um, whatever. If you want to narrow down the requirement here, you can do that. Whatever gets like a single answer out of you. <laughs> well, nothing's going to get a single answer out of me, but I'll try. So best best signing. I think best signing probably has to be the most recent one, right? If you go on form at the moment, Cole Palmer is uh, is literally the, the the brightest beacon of light in this team. Who, honestly, uh, if I had to be totally honest, I had no hopes from. Uh, I just thought this was going to be a reckless, silly signing from Todd Bowley. Uh, you know, overpaying for a teenager who's hardly played any minutes for City. You pay $42 million for this, uh, you know, teenager. Sure, he's won the, whatever, under-21 World Cup. He captained the side there. But, hey, I mean, how 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 often does that re- actually translate to first-team football and first-team quality, right? Um, but he has been absolutely amazing. I, I admire his bravery to go from City, where you're guaranteed to win things sitting on the bench, to somewhere like Chelsea, who are absolutely in transition. So... Um, I think he is, you know, he when he sort of blasted that penalty past Ederson in the 93rd minute and then just shrugged at the Chelsea supporters going, hey, this is me. I'm here yeah. and I'm doing it. Pretty um, good moment. It was, a, it was a beautiful moment. I think the confidence, the creativity, the, the, the strength, whatever you want to say on the right wing that he gives us is, 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 for, that, is for everyone to see. But the maturity for a 20, 21-year-old is just incredible. Kind of reminds I, me of a kind of reminds me of a younger Mason Mount uh, in terms of big game player. Oh well, let's let's hope it doesn't go down. Mason <laughs> yeah. Mount route. True, true. Okay, pick uh, the biggest flop. Oof! Wow. I mean, I I I didn't think it would be this hard to pick a flop considering we're doing this bad badly. Um, I would have to say, very unfairly, to be honest, I'd have to say Wesley Fofana. Uh, Fofana was one of the first signings for Tor- in the Todd Bowley era. Um, again, just like Reese James, he's been out for most of both seasons, and I think he hasn't really given us that return on investment. We spent a good 60, whatever, 60, 65 million on him. Um, and he's been injured. I mean, yeah, but like he had like a really bad injury last season that put him out for pretty much the entirety of the season. So like that's he did, and then he got back, and harsh, then though. and then and and was back back on the injury list. Like he played two preseason games, and he was back on the injury list, right? Yeah, because it's it it was a really bad injury. <laughs> like I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's defi- how it is. I'd say define flop, right? Um, I I'd say you should have done I mean, a better job defining the word flop. Someone who's available and plays but is absolute garbage. Like I don't know, like Kukurea, Caicedo. Uh, Caicedo, no, I don't think by any stretch of imagination. I don't think. He's I mean, I'm a still going to say Caicedo, though. Yeah, but that's uh, I don't. You know, fortunately, you're you, you know you were asking me the question, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, still chose to answer it. Um, Kukurea again. He has shown a bit of improvement over the past few weeks. So if you if you if you look at recent form, maybe not. But I guess overall, yeah, Kukurea and Fofana for me uh, flops in whatever sense of the word. Okay, so so far what I'm hearing is that there's some good stuff, which, you know, it's really good. But there's also some bad stuff, which is, you know, kind of really bad. So That's how that's how good and bad works. Yes, that that is exactly how it works. I I'm trying to say that there's no real like in between for the way Chelsea are <laughs> performing right now. So 
that's kind of what I wanted to, you know, get around to. We've, we've got this festive period coming up that is incredibly hectic, right? Mm-hmm. What is the mood around the club? Do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? If, if You know, like, what are you expecting in terms of results? Not just from the festive period, but like the season, whatever's left of it. I can't talk for everyone, but me as a fan, I think I'm still expecting. I'm still upbeat. The reason I say that is because we've been par for the course with this string of fixtures, I think, over the last two months, because they've been fixtures from health, to be honest. The last sort of, um, I think, 15 fixtures or so, we've played Villa in their pomp. We've played Brighton twice. We've played Arsenal, Tottenham again at their pomp. Man City, Man United, and Newcastle. So we played a lot of teams, you know. Liverpool opening day. And yeah, and Liverpool in the opening day. So we have played a, quite a few tough teams. Um, the next sort of, this 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 sort of upcoming round of fixtures going into January, I think we'll play the likes of Sheffield United, uh, Fulham, Crystal Palace. So, we, so they, they seem to be getting easier. Again, I'd say this season, no fixture is easy for Chelsea, to be honest. And, uh, you know, Luton have proven that a few weeks ago with Manchester City and so on. So I think... No fixture is really easy, but uh, hopefully, hopefully Pochettino can um, use that sort of string of fixtures as a chance to shore up the points we've lost, right? So I am I am quite upbeat about that. And generally, the Christmas glut is really shit for most teams. I think we've got one of the easiest uh, sort of string of fixtures, so I'd, I'd really love that we pick up points there. Um Going into January, again, other than, I think, Liverpool at Anfield and Wolves at the Molyneux, um, it's something that Chelsea should be able to navigate or we should navigate. How we'll do, I don't know. Um, and we'll probably give Liverpool a good fight, you know, even 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 at Anfield. I think we really turn up point, in the big games. everyone could. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. I think <laughs> the... Um, the ambitious aim is still to be be in Europe at the end of the season. Uh, which level of Europe? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. I was going to ask you for an uncontroversial opinion to end this episode on, but I think you've just sort of like, you know, done that uh, before I could even ask. Europe, are, are, you, are you really expecting Europe in any form, right? Like a conference league? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think... Um, if Europe was UCL, then nope. Uh, but oh, thank God for that. You know, but then the other um, levels of Europe, I think, yeah, we could. I could see ourselves end up in the Conference League, which again is not the best thing in the world. Playing on uh, whatever Tuesday, Thursday night, whatever it is. Uh, but at this point, I think it does represent uh, an Progress. upgrade, right? Progress exactly from tenth, eleventh place uh, last season. So yeah, I I take that. And it's the only European trophy we haven't won yet. So, you know, um, there's a silver lining for you if we were to end up in the Conference League. Big words, big words, big expectations and a big opinion, I think. I think this is the perfect time to end this episode. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Chelsea do progress. Let's see how much of what you've said will come true. Obligatory mention of the pitch life curse over here as well. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah Chelsea 2024 might be a different beast I guess uh, we'll find out in the new year seeing as this has been a Chelsea focused episode I'm gonna let uh, you 
have the honors of ending it. You want to take us out? I think uh, I've said what I had to. Let's just see where Chelsea end up. And on that note, we hope you've enjoyed this episode and I uh, and hope uh, you'll tune in uh, next time. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and X and don't forget to subscribe and listen to all of our full episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all of your other favorite streaming platforms. Uh, along with all the love and all the festive cheer we've had this month, why not spread the word of the Pitch Life podcast so you can tell your friends and family about it. Give them the best gift they've ever got this Christmas. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.